Welcome to the Bodies on the Line podcast. This is The Norm with Karen Plez and Julie Simon, where we talk about all things aging, bodies, dancing. Hi, everyone. This is Karen, dancer, psychotherapist, drummer, performer, all the things. And I'm here with Julie Simon, also dancer, drummer, studio owner, businesswoman, mother, wife, and all the other things. And welcome to our first episode of Bodies on the Line. This is the Norm podcast. Insert the shrieks and the feathers and the screams and the glitter. So I think a good place to start is like saying, okay, bodies on the line, this is the norm. What does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> Why that name? So I know for us, because we're performers and using our bodies all the time, it's a, and doing it for different reasons. The love of dance, obviously, and what we put our bodies through being past a certain age, like being in this middle age mm-hmm. range, that this is the norm for us. And sometimes the idea of like what's normal for a dancer, or a performer, the perception of that is different depending on what type of dance that you mm-hmm. may be doing or just in the dance world in general. And just to say, no, this is typical regardless of, well, at least this age, Right. Well, I think the thing that that inspired the whole thought for me was seeing the the whole commentary after Shakira and J-Lo did the Super Bowl, whenever that was. And it was, oh my goodness, these women are 50 and they're still performing and... The big deal was that they, their age and that they were still performing and still looked good. And I remember feeling, I guess, indignant, like that is my life. That is the norm for my life. I am surrounded by these women who are of middle age, I guess you could call it, which that just sounds so weird to me. I don't know why that rubs me the wrong way, but it does. But that 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 is the norm that is beauty that is wisdom that is maturity that is being ripe that is being ready so it's normal to for me to see two women of that age really going for it and performing it's not it's not exceptional to me that is the norm that is what you should be doing by this point of your career at the same time <laughs> it does take some doing because your body has been living this long. Your instrument is has been used and is being used in in very um, challenging ways, in very all-encompassing ways. And so there is the normal, I guess, wear and tear on the body. So while it's the norm to me to see something so great, it all there it does come with its package of challenges i guess yeah I, I think the other part is like even in this time where people always have the impression culturally that oh we've come so far and this is so different and really when then when you hear people talk and give opinions it's like no this sounds like the same garbage that <laughs> generation after generation yeah. where you assume someone xyz age couldn't mm-hmm. one which is totally out there or shouldn't which some people do like how like m- maybe they should be doing something else especially if someone has children mm-hmm. and and w- what other parts of life that they may be engaged in and how 
like, like why, why is this even a question? Like, obviously someone like the people you're talking about, they are professional performers. So the idea of like, well, where else would they be going? Like sitting on a stool mm-hmm. on stage, like humming or something versus right, right, dancing. Right. They're hard. They're, they're dancers throughout their career also. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that impression of people who've, even if they are performers that you're supposed to kind of migrate in a certain direction, like there's a specific way mm-hmm. you're supposed to age mm-hmm. as a performer. Mm-hmm. And it's like the only limits that you can really have on that are the ones that well, one, your body may tell you that you need to have and two, that, that you want to have. Mm-hmm. And when you've been moving, I've, I've kept moving throughout my adulthood. I've done more moving in my adulthood than even I did as a younger dancer that it's, it's just like once you keep going and you're on that path, unless you totally stop for an extended period of time, which many adults I've met have. Like mm-hmm. I used to do this and then I stopped because of mm-hmm. other some other part of life that took me in these different directions. And then when your body isn't utilized, obviously mm-hmm. as you get older and then it goes to the natural changes that happen right. because of different stages, yeah, it's harder. And then there are people who, even if they embrace other parts, like like I'm, like I said, I'm a psychotherapist, so that's my full time thing that I do, and I make a lot of time to dance. Mm-hmm. I've been able to do that, and I've made it a focus because I wanted to do that because of what I get from dancing. Mm-hmm. Dance is a part of my practice. I'm also a registered dance movement therapist, so I utilize it therapeutically and very purposely because of that. So I embrace it in multiple parts of my life. Coincidentally, which does make it just more accessible to me. But again, it's like making that that priority because I wanted to, not because I felt like I had to mm-hmm. or not because of a body image thing. It's because really because I wanted to and because it was important to me. So, well, I think like you hit something by choice. And when you said um, people stop for whatever reason, I can tell you that most of the phone calls for the studio, so I own an uh, um, adult dance studio, meaning all of the classes are for dancers 18 and over. And most of, which in itself is rare to have that type of a dance studio. It's a, it's a specialty niche and, um, and it's very, it's very powerful to see how, uh, triumphant is the word I think of when I think of the studio. But most of the phone calls, well over 50%. I would say around 80% of the phone calls are, I used to be a dancer. I used to dance. I stopped because I, A, either got in quotation marks, a real job or other things. I got married, had kids, whatever. And then I found myself wondering what happened to my life. And so now I want to come back to dance, but things have kind of shape-shifted and I don't really know my body anymore. And that's so profound. I don't know my body anymore. You live in that body from the day you're born until the day you leave this earth. You are in that body to say, I don't know my body anymore is something so tragic. That is tragic. That is a tragedy not to know your own body. So that's one thing. That means you don't have a relationship with the actual being that you're in. Mm-hmm. So how can you actually like move through life fully if you don't know who you're moving through it with or what you're moving, your, the instrument you're moving through it with? So when I see these women that are 
supposedly out of the norm. And the reason I want to challenge that is what they're doing is just a celebration of, well, it appears to be, I'll say, because I don't know their stories, but it appears to be a celebration of moving with your body through your whole life. And Mm -hmm. so in that, there are conversations with your body, like where you have to listen. It's it's a two-way dialogue where your body is telling you, don't do this, do that. This hurts. This feels good. I need more of this. I need less of that. And just like with any person that you would be talking to, you you have to listen. You have to listen and you cannot be a tyrant. And so I think that there's this, that's part of the battle is that we expect our bodies or we think our bodies or we tell our bodies certain things, sometimes maybe in a tyrant fashion. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the things that we say are so hurtful that yeah, then the body does react. It's going to, it's going to react to love in the same way it's going to react to hate in the same way we do in the same way our, our spiritual and emotional self reacts to the words that are said. So does our physical being. And because we are with this physical being, there's no escaping it. That's who we talk to the most. That's who we talk to. That's who we commune with the most is our own body. So it's, when I, I teach a class called Global Flow, and I was really teaching that class a lot during the pandemic. And during the pandemic, I was actually injured. And I remember saying, you talk to your body, your body talks to you. You love your body, your body loves you. You have a relationship with your body, a, a relationship that involves conversation. And I feel as though some somewhere along the line, that gets lost. That gets lost. And so trying to bring that back together and say, no, in our, <laughs> I don't want to say middle age. <laughs> so I'm 53. I want to say in my, I don't know what age, but I want to say that I have a beautiful working relationship with my body that does have challenges because every relationship does. Either way, otherwise somebody's muting. Right. If right. there's a relationship that's perfect and does not have like scuffles, someone's muting somewhere. Mm-hmm. So there is this this dialogue back and forth. And I think that that's a huge part of being able to put our bodies on the line. Yeah. Yeah. I think with the work I've done as a therapist, I know that people, when they talk about themselves and how they talk about themselves, it's like there's a separation between mind, body, spirit. Like I, I like they talk about going to work. And if they do anything that's above a, like an average physical level is you type, you file, you do this, mm-hmm. and then you're sitting a lot. Mm-hmm. Terrible for the body. And then there's the other thing where it's much more physical. You're in construction and you're doing this and lifting. and da-da. Also, not the safest mm-hmm. all the time for the body. So we're all, whatever whatever work we do, we're using ourselves. Mm-hmm. We, we are using ourselves. Mm-hmm. And there, there's a lot of yes, aches exactly. and pains that people just accept as being normal. Yeah. They accept that. They accept like, no, like the, the most typical thing. And it was just, people were talking about it um, online the other day about how everybody's getting sick. Mm-hmm. I went to the Rite Aid and most of the, mm-hmm. the shelves were cleared out mm-hmm. where the medication was. And 
people say, well, yeah, I still have to go to work because I said, you are sick. You are not well. So not only about spreading your germs, but just generally it's like your body is shutting down. Mm-hmm. And and people, many people say, and there were a lot of comments on this one particular thing. Um, and a lot of people were saying how they absolutely could not take time off for all these different reasons mm-hmm. um, that had nothing to do with just taking care of themselves. It was about needing to be responsive to someone else's needs, to the agency, the boss, the whatever. And how somehow that's more important than taking mm-hmm. care of yourself and your own mm-hmm. physical needs. Like you, you come in and you just put your body on the line in some other mm-hmm. way. You, mm-hmm. you, you expose yourself to more risk mm-hmm. by pushing yourself, by not listening. Mm-hmm. Because you think you have to. And there's so many people who will tell stories about they think that they have to keep these obligations, these external mm-hmm. obligations, and it had they put so much more value and meaning in that than paying attention to like mm-hmm. all these parts that are you. Like mm-hmm. you you put this above everything. Mm-hmm. Everything is above you. Everything is above taking care of you. If you're not well, you won't be able to do many of these things for mm-hmm. a long period of time. And that gets totally disregarded. Mm-hmm. It's not even considered. And it becomes a way of, I think, especially when people put in perspective the idea of responsibility and commitment to other people, the, the focus on money mm-hmm. and needing to be committed to all these things that make money. Mm-hmm. A- everything about us and about being well, mm-hmm. sometimes people feel it's an indulgence. Mm-hmm. It's indulgent to take care of yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it's indulgent to attend to pain and aches. That's indulgent. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it like I consider an indulgence like people are just where it's overly lavish and overly this mm-hmm. when you can get by with something much simpler and smaller. And not to say that there's anything wrong with people who can mm-hmm. afford the lavishness mm-hmm. and the whatever. Do what you want to do. And at th- the same time, I'm sure, yeah, those people are relatively relatively well physically mm-hmm. health wise and um it's always the, the the other part of the overall wellness is that how we, we talk about the emotional part the physical part we store all these things get stored somewhere mm-hmm. in the body mm-hmm. it, it all comes back to mm-hmm. us when we mute mm-hmm. when we when we hold in mm-hmm. You can, there's a physical thing that you can feel mm-hmm. when you're mad, sad, mm-hmm. whatever. You can feel it. Mm-hmm. Again, your body is telling you, talking to we, you. We, need to, we need to change something. Mm-hmm. So in all these ways that you ignore yourself like you, and just being honest that you're making a choice to put mm-hmm. yourself second, mm-hmm. that yeah, your your body's going to turn on you. <laughs> because it's like, okay, we're just going to sit here. Okay, then we're just going to sit here. And then trying to move becomes extremely uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just that kind of way where mm-hmm. people feel like it's justified mm-hmm. to put themselves aside mm-hmm. and then are physically miserable. And then feel like, well, that's just a part of life. There's, everything becomes this explanation of like, well, you know, that's just how it's like. No, it's not. It's, these are choices. Mm-hmm. They they are they are choices, and it's a way of seeing things. It's a way of perceiving things, and 
I still have responsibility and obligation and all the things. And I've made choices that have enabled me. And like, I know that the other things get in the way of being able to just take care of ourselves. Because if you start Mm -hmm. people talking about our uh, medical system, there's all kinds of things that come Mm -hmm. up with that. And I know it's not as simple as Mm -hmm. doing all the things that you need to do because there's other blocks that come in. There are like financially and other Mm -hmm. things that can come into play where it makes it impossible to take care of yourself the way you need to. At the same time, it's just like making sure with everything that you are able to do, that you are making choices within your power that truly are in your benefit physically and ideally emotionally, ideally all the things that need us to be well. I think I think choice is the key word. You have to make the choice that you're going to love you're you're going to love the relationship that you have with your body. You might not like the way it looks. You might there might be things that are not that are not exactly how you would want them to be, but you have to make that choice that this being that you're going to live in that you're going to take care of it. So just in the same way that you're going to get up and brush your teeth and do all of those things that that doesn't seem like excessive. So getting up and that doesn't seem excessive or indulgent or anything. So if you are a dancer, as we are dancers, and and you are a dancer, performer, artist of some some type that uses your physical being for your your practice, maintaining that should not be seen as as indulgent. And when you were saying about um y- your your body is like you're sick, you're not well, I would actually challenge that. Or, or take that one step further. Actually, your body is doing exactly what it's supposed to do. It is telling you, make a change. Mm-hmm. So your your body is not physically feeling well, but it is actually functioning perfectly by telling you, hey, pay attention to me. And it's just like a couple. Mm-hmm. It's just like a couple. <laughs> you know, if I'm if I'm like upset at my husband, I'll start like shutting down or. Well, that's kind of his mode. <laughs> I'm like the yeller, but I'll start yelling like a pain. I'll start yelling like, you know, if you stub your toe, that's a loud pain. I'll start yelling. I'll start doing like, hey, pay attention to what's happening here. And so that's me functioning and not muting and saying what's going on. And so I think that just paying attention and, and, and it all starts with that, with that relationship. And, you know, I will say there is, no smile like the smile when somebody is being physically active. Like the smile that comes from the moment that person is physically active, not the smile that they that, that they try to provoke, like the smile that just comes out when, or the expression, it doesn't have to be a smile, but I, I think smile because I feel like that the endorphins and the joy that is, you know, the anti-inflammatory I, I feel like it it's it's so it's so big. It's so big and yet so subtle. But the, it's it is a such a I'm I'm thinking of smile response. So again, that's your body. That's your body responding. And I can use my husband as an example. He will be very he's also a dancer. That's how we met. Um, but he no longer 
dances as much as he used to. He's moved on, but he could be having a seriously stressful day. He could be having a lot of pressure at work. He could be doing a lot of things. If I force him to dance with me, he might hem and haw and grumble at me, but the second he lets go and starts dancing, the smile that comes to that man's face, that is his body responding to him. And so I'll always say, go look in the mirror because your body's talking right now. You didn't decide. It wasn't, hey, performance time. Let me put a smile on my face. It was your body responding to you. And so I think that that is normal. That is the norm. The norm should be a celebration of this expression of your body, of this movement. That's the norm. It's not the norm that when you have something go wrong with your body, an ache or a pain, and the doctor says to you, well, Julie Simon, you are in your 50s now, so this is just a part of it. That's not the norm. That's not the norm. The norm is that I recognize there's something happening and I'm going to do my best to work with what's happening and keep doing the norm, which is using my body expressively and living through it. What you were saying about the body is doing what it needs. And this is like exactly the thing it's giving you the signals. Cause I do talk to people about this all the time when trying to incorporate movement oriented ideas into talk therapy. If I'm not doing movement therapy directly is like your body, what your body is telling you in terms of the stress response. Even the doctor is telling you this was probably caused by stress Mm -hmm. and all these signs of this, the body will do its best and we are designed to figure out how to heal. Like when something's attacking, your body's like, okay, how do I work against this? Mm -hmm. And then there's some, sometimes where the normal process it only takes it so far. And then it's like, okay, body saying, okay, I, I did what I could and we need something else. I need, mm-hmm. I need some help here. And it's just, and then that's the part where you do more. Mm-hmm. Like you, you acknowledge mm-hmm. and, and you try to figure it out versus, and I think like what you're saying is when there's like, I have like, like I'm 48. So there's things that have developed as ongoing aches mm-hmm. that are not going away. And that I pretty much have on a daily basis. And it's just like, okay, having this, I'm not going to say, oh, I have this ache or there's other like past injuries where I was able to just like keep moving through. It doesn't work like that anymore. So I have to get warm enough where I'm fine. It's not that I have this ache and that means I have to stop. Right. Or I I can't do this anymore. Like I'm not accepting that. Mm-hmm. That that's that's not an acceptable whatever. But I know what I need to do to keep moving the way I want to and within the limitation of if there's something that is like a hard like no, not that, then it's like figuring out something else or doing it like you said another way. Like we make mm-hmm. adjustments. Like, dancers mm-hmm. we adjust. Mm-hmm. Like when when the turn isn't okay, that's not what I wanted to do. We figure out a different way to do it Mm -hmm. or whatever the movement is. And the movement that we do is pretty, (laughs) yeah, yeah. We're on the ground and then we're not. And then we're kicking and we're rolling and Mm -hmm. all the things. So it's all the things Mm -hmm. that we're doing, which is also probably not the most, if Mm -hmm. you say typical at maybe this age, whatever, but 
<laughs> it's, it's like still being able, it's like if I'm saying I'm going to do this, it's like what makes it, it possible. So I tr- work with my body in a way. Mm-hmm. I try to figure out how to do what I want to do without going overboard mm-hmm. and injury. Like I, I don't want permanent injury. Like having an ache is one thing, but an injury is something mm-hmm. else. And that's, again, so mm-hmm. sometimes and not the thing is not waiting for it, until it gets to that point mm-hmm. where you ignore yourself so much mm-hmm. just to get through because other things are more important, quote unquote, mm-hmm. that right. you it, it does develop into something that's mm-hmm. permanent mm-hmm. limitation. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of thing that sometimes, and I know people mm-hmm. who have um, had situations that they ignored so many things like and I can understand not always want to go to the doctor mm-hmm. um I have do doctor stories that aren't great too at the same time like just years of neglect and then toward the end just deteriorating mm-hmm. and it was like sad to have things end in that way mm-hmm. and um just not getting to that point where it's at any level of an extreme where it's overdoing or underdoing that we feel like we're living, mm-hmm. we're vital, we're we're engaging mm-hmm. with ourselves mm-hmm. in a way that that's healthy. You were saying what your body, you know, is telling you. And then and what are you telling your body? What yeah. are you telling your body? If you tell your body, we're too old for this, then your body's going to say okay. We're too old for this. If you tell your body, I'm sh- I'm getting old, <laughs> your body's going to say, okay, I'm getting old. It's going to, it's going to, it is going to listen to you. It's going to listen to you. Your body will listen to you. The question is, do you listen to your body? Mm-hmm. And what do you say to your body? Because your body, no matter what, it's designed to listen to you. So it's going to listen. It is going to listen to you. <laughs> so what are you saying to it? And what is it going to obey? What is it going to if you say, you know, get in line with what you're supposed to do, like it already starts moving you in that direction. And then the wisdom comes how to make that happen. So you were saying, maybe I'll do, I'll do a workaround this way or work around that way. There's a girl in our dance company. For example, I watch her problem solve. I watch her and her body problem solve because she had an injury. She's still on the road to recovery. She's working with it. And I see her problem solve. She's working with her body and her body's working with her. And you see them creating other things that are just as beautiful, if not more Mm -hmm. beautiful, because it's a real conversation. It's not thrashing. It's not forcing. It's not beating into submission. It is, okay, where are we going today? And I think that's, I think that's just key to to this. And so when I see two women who are quote unquote middle aged just jamming, just doing the thing, it to me it's a celebration. Even if that's not the case, this is how I live it and how myself with my body live it. Yes, that's the thing. And you were saying it's not acceptable, like you know, I have an ache. I'm not going to dance anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. That's not acceptable. That's exactly right. I want the choice. As I grow, you know, I've been teaching for a long, long time and dancing a long, long time. And as I move forward, as I feel myself go into the next um, age, I guess, or era, I want the choice. Am I going to be that teacher that just um, 
you know, corrects and watches and gives correction? Am I going to be the teacher that just comes in and blows everyone out of the water? Which I want to have that choice. I want the choice. Today I'm going to just instruct and correct and teach and, and today I'm just going to blow it out of the water and you just need to keep up. Mm-hmm. I, I want that choice for myself. I don't want the, the number, my age or whatever to, to make that choice for me. I want to make that choice. Me and my body together. We make that choice. That's, and that to me is the way to, to put my body on the line and just kind of like lay down everything for my body, mm-hmm. you know, like a mutual love affair. I like that. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we go on, we'll talk more about this topic in general, mm-hmm. things that inspire us, things that have challenged us mm-hmm. over the years, uh, many years dancing, doing many different types of dances, mm-hmm. talking about different things we've encountered in the dance community. Yeah. And outside of it too, because sometimes when people see you in like, I've worked in many different like places, corporate and nonprofit and then what I'm doing now is like independent or in the medical community where I was before. So then people see like, oh, there's this other thing that you mm-hmm. do and they see this other part of you. And it's just like, huh, mm-hmm. that's interesting. So it's like all the kinds of things that we encounter through the time of like right now and in the past mm-hmm. in terms of experiences. And then also wanting to know, like as hopefully our audience grows, yeah. what kind of things would be helpful for other people, whether you're also a lifelong dancer, whether you're someone who used to dance and have stepped away from it and been away, away from it for a month, a year, many, many decades, whatever it is, what have been your experiences mm-hmm. And your thoughts about moving through whatever age, whatever life stage that you're in. Mm-hmm. If you want to get back to dancing, what has kept you from it? Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, I want to dive into that one. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to mm-hmm. get back to it um, and you, you decided to finally do it, what was the thing that helped you take the step? Because mm-hmm. I think that you mm-hmm. end up encountering a lot of people like that. Yes, for sure. And what keeps you going? Because mm-hmm. um, some people, sometimes it's just it's kind of slowly drifting away from it. And not that that's the intention, but like what is distracting you? Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to talk about all those things related to movement, dance, mm-hmm. at this age and all the ages. All the ages. Mm-hmm. Um, is what we want to talk about. So where can people find us? So people can find us, our podcast, at bodiesontheline.com. And people can find our dance company also as well, if you want to see what we do, at juliesimondance.com, our dance company. It's a dance and drum company called Tropicaleza. Um, you can take dance classes with us at saltdancestudios.com. And then you can find Karen as well. Right. For, uh, as a therapist, my therapy practice is called Muse Creative Arts Therapy. It's musecreativeartstherapy.com. 
online for dance-related things, I'm mainly on Instagram. You could see a group that I work with. It's called Vivas, V-I-V-A-S underscore Dancy, D-A-N-C-I, Vivas Dancy. And it's mainly just posting videos of things that we've done, some thick pictures from performances in the past. And sometimes I have very small but growing TikTok where you can find <laughs> me um, doing just different. It's all it's all the dance shorts basically, um, which some of the dancers asked me to do more TikTok. So I was like, I'll do more TikTok. <laughs> and then we also have Tropicaleza. We'll be having a growing yeah. TikTok page too of all of the musings behind the scenes. And clips of us drumming, dancing, mm-hmm. and, and, and doing all the things. Being wild. Right, <laughs> right. And what is our podcast email address if people want to message us with any questions, comments? It's bodies on the line podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Great, great. Well, we will be doing this on a weekly basis. I think that's great. right chatting and talking so look for us on um, eventually we'll be listed on all you know major podcast sites and we hope to hear from you yeah we love contact for sure thanks for listening (laughs) Bye. bye this podcast was recorded tuesday February 7th, 2023 in Riverside, California, and self-produced by your hosts, Karen and Julie. Don't hesitate to check out our dance capades on juliesimondance.com. And tune in next time for more discussions about bodies, aging, and dancing.